from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And this type of system has clearly demonstrated that it puts family farmers out of business, pushes people off the land, extracts wealth from our communities, pollutes our air and water, and there are people who say, yeah, but it's good for consumers, right? Can you imagine somebody having a, a city of 70 or even 100,000 people without a sewage treatment plant? But that's what these people want. They want to just dump all that waste into a pit. I'm Sarah Fenske. Concentrated animal feeding operations are increasingly a source of controversy in Missouri. They're sometimes called by their acronym, CAFOs. And what they are is very, very big animal farms. By definition, they hold hundreds of cattle or hogs or thousands of poultry. These big animal operations increasingly dominate agriculture in Missouri. Some smaller, family-owned farms say the rules are increasingly being skewed to their benefit and that some trade associations increasingly cater to their interests. A proposal for a 10,000 hog operation in Livingston County, Missouri, is only the most recent flashpoint. That proposal was withdrawn earlier this year, but the debate continues. And joining us today to tell us more is Rhonda Perry. She is the executive director of the Missouri Rural Crisis Center. Rhonda, welcome. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. And we're also joined today by Doug Doty. He's a cattle and grain farmer from Livingston County. That's in north central Missouri. Doug, welcome. Hi, Sarah. Thanks. So, Doug, we're talking about these concentrated animal feeding operations, better known as CAFOs. Let's talk a little bit about the one that would have been in your backyard. This would have been just five miles down the road from you. What was the plan there? Well, uh, it it all started um, a little over a year and a half ago. We were kind of minding our own business here in uh, Livingston County, uh, secure uh, in the fact that we had um, a health ordinance uh, where there were required more rules, more stringent rules on CAFOs. And uh, uh, all of a sudden that is overturned by state government. And um, lo and behold, we have an industrial-sized CAFO that is um, uh, filed a permit to uh, attempt to move into Livingston County. And, and keep in mind, this, isn't, this, this wasn't a neighboring farmer. This wasn't somebody wanting to expand their, their business that was already there or bring a son or daughter back to the farm and, and get them, and, and get them um, um, uh, going with, uh, with hogs or cattle. Mm-hmm. This was uh, a very large corporation uh, that, that was going to bring in uh, foreign-owned JBS, hogs from uh, uh, this business is owned uh, in Brazil, the largest meat packer in the world. And it was was going to be very disruptive to the neighborhood. Uh, I I will point out that the size of of this, the last permit, there were four buildings. And one building is the size of three football fields, length and width, with, with manure underneath it. The second building is the size of a football field, the exact size of a football field, including the end zones. Then there was a third building that was about half the size of a football field. And then there was a, a 24 by 80 foot building that is the dead animal composting building 
open on the sides, and uh, that's where the uh, the dead animals would go, which they estimated in the permit would be around 6%. Uh, so you can imagine the odor uh, coming from this kind of a facility. Yeah, so this was a very large facility, and it sounds like a facility with a lot of manure and a lot of death. You mentioned there were some health ordinances on the books in your county um, that, that would have rendered this impossible, but those were struck down. What, what, what sort of things um, had to be changed for this to be able to consider coming to Livingston County? Well, the, um, our health ordinance really doesn't uh, and, and did not ban CAFOs. It just, it, there were, they, it would still be possible for a CAFO to exist in Livingston County with our, with our health ordinance. But it puts some uh, uh, longer setbacks, a few thousand feet more in setbacks. And uh, th- there was a bond required um, to put down. And there were stricter nutrient management uh, uh, practices required also that required more bookkeeping and more paperwork that would make sure that the manure and commercial fertilizer would would not be over applied in the area. So things that would have made Livingston County perhaps a, a more unattractive place for a CAFOs to locate in. Once those were off the books, these guys moved in with this proposal. Uh, correct. And Doug, I just want to uh, make sure our, our listeners understand, you yourself are a farmer. You're not against having farms. What makes an operation like this different from the farm that you operate? Well, first of all, the, our, our concern was the disruption to the neighborhood and the, the, the people that were living within that 6,000 feet. There were, there were around 30-plus uh, 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 neighbor notices sent to homeowners, landowners, uh, that would be within the 6,000 feet, and having to withstand the odor, the flies. Uh, the second concern was to our infrastructure, and uh, this was uh, this um, CAFO would be along seven miles on a blacktop road that is already deteriorating, hills and curves, no shoulder, uh, sides deteriorating. MoDOT doesn't have the money in Missouri uh to maintain some of our, our blacktop roads. And you think of all the heavy truck traffic then from, from feed and animals and the, the manure and even the construction, all the concrete, what that would do to our infrastructure. And then thirdly, it was going to build right near Pusey Conservation Area, which is a 6,000-acre conservation area, public land in Missouri, one of more than 1,000 conservation areas in Missouri that is uh, a, a lot of them published and all of them maintained by Missouri taxpayers. You own these conservation areas, and a lot of people uh, use it for recreation and hunting, fishing, hiking, biking, nature walking. It's a, it's a place, these are places where people that aren't normally outside can connect to the outdoors, and this threatens our entire um, uh, the, the proliferation of CAFOs will threaten our entire conservation area state park system. So, Rhonda, you're the executive director of the Missouri Rural Crisis Center. Your organization also opposed this proposal. What were your concerns? Rhonda? Uh, Rhonda, I believe. Okay, we're going to have to get Rhonda back. Doug, you and I can can keep talking. Um, and it sounds like some pretty serious concerns here. I understand environmental concerns. A big part of this is just how much waste a pig produce, 
big, a pig produces. What happens to the waste in a large uh, operation like what we're talking about here? Okay, so uh, underneath these these buildings that uh, that I first talked about um, uh, are storage pits, manure storage pits, and they are twelve foot deep. And so the manure goes into these storage pits, and so then uh, later, as, as the uh, as the pit fills up, uh, the manure is spread on neighboring farms, and you know. Farmers have been using manure as fertilizer for generations, mm-hmm. and it goes—I uh, mean, it, it, it goes way back into history. Okay, but the over-application is our concern, and uh, all we have to do is look to Iowa, and Iowa was right around 700 of these industrial-sized capos around the year 2000. And now they are close to 4,000 of these industrial-sized CAFOs and 13,000 uh, total CAFOs. There are some CAFOs that don't, where you don't have to get a permit that still is considered a CAFO. But anyway, you look at the, the water quality problems that Iowa is having now and in their rivers and streams. They're responsible for almost a third of the of the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico from excess nitrogen and, and phosphates. And it's not just the hog manure, it's the application of commercial fertilizers too. Commercial fertilizer use has not fallen in Iowa. And so hmm. Iowa farmers are using too much fertilizer, too much hog manure. And that proliferation, I mean, they have issues with water bodies, rivers, streams, wells, and that's what we're concerned about. So that's a concern all the way down that Mississippi River for sure. Rhonda, I understand you are back with us. Uh, are you here? I am, Sarah. Sorry uh, no, about that. I'm not it, sure what happened. It's no problem. And it is great to hear your voice. Um, and so the Missouri Rural Crisis Center that you're the executive director of, um, you also oppose this proposal that Doug and I have been talking about. What were the major concerns from your point of view? Yep. Obviously, we have a lot of the same concerns as Doug. Um, I'm a fourth fifth generation, actually, livestock and grain farmer in Missouri. Four of the generations of my family are from Livingston County, where Doug lives, and now I farm in Howard County. And I think we have had a a long period of being able to see what the impacts and the results of CAFOs are in Missouri since the late 1980s, really. And we have seen study after study of the health impacts on residents of school kids who live or go to school near CAFOs, the water pollution and destruction, and also the corporate control that happens. Um, and we may say, oh, this is just a 10,000 head CAFO, um, but these ultimately are owned by and frequently get bought out by just a few um, major multinational or foreign corporations, um, which has resulted in significant corporate control of of our food system. Um, I think a a quick note, uh, Livingston County had a health ordinance since 1996. Um, My county, Howard County, is one that um, is one of the newer counties that passed ours in 2017. I think we should just keep in mind that like most of the counties that have had these ordinances, which are just common sense rules that involve setbacks and ways that we can protect the both the property rights and the environment and the air and water of the communities that we live in. 
And I think no matter what the, the community looks like, whether it's in Livingston County or Howard County, or even in South Missouri, people have been concerned enough to put in place these ordinances. Um, and I think our organization has particularly been concerned about the environmental impacts, but also the corporate control impacts um, and the hog industry in particular. And my family has always raised hogs. Um, that's what we do, and that's what we did in, in Livingston County for generations. Um, but this system, what we've seen, is really in the last generation, in the last 30 years, entire takeover of, of an agricultural industry through concentration, mergers, industrialization, and buyouts. And this type of system has clearly demonstrated that it puts family farmers out of business, pushes people off the land, extracts wealth from our communities, pollutes our air and water. And there are people who say, yeah, but it's good for consumers, right? It's cheap food. And that's what we need is cheap food. But the pork industry is a prime example of that not being the case. We're talking right now to Rhonda Perry, the executive director of the Missouri Rural Crisis Center. We're also joined by Doug Doty. He's a cattle and grain farmer from Livingston County, uh, where a large CAFO, that's a concentrated animal feeding operation, was proposed. It's since been taken off the table, but we're talking about this topic today. We want to hear from you. Um, do you have questions about these concentrated animal feeding operations or experience living near or working near them, or maybe even just driving past them? You can give us a call at 314 382 8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also tweet us at STL on air. Now, we do want to note that the Missouri Pork Association does defend these operations. They say, this is in a statement they gave to us. It reads, in part, companies like Smithfield and JBS provide pig farming opportunities and thousands of good-paying jobs for Missourians. And while these companies have some foreign investment, they, like Bayer, Anheuser-Busch, and Purina, are publicly traded and ultimately owned by those who choose to invest. They also add modern pig farms in Missouri with over 1,000 animal units are required to be permitted. The, these permits, with oversight from the Missouri Department of Natural Resources, represent a comprehensive process that functions to protect the environment, and they have a successful track record. This is as important to the farmers as it is to the general population. Think about it. These farmers not only live in those communities, but they breathe the air, drink the water, and raise their families there. Rhonda, you'd mentioned that so many of these, these farms have gone from being family farms to being contractors um, for these giant companies or even getting out of the business altogether. Um, what's the incentive to become a contractor for one of these organizations as opposed to continuing on as a family farm? Well, one of the things we've seen is that as we corporatize the industry, it drives down prices. It means that farmers, we as hog farmers, we had uh, numerous markets to sell in. But when there's only a few corporations who control that marketplace, you no longer have any marketplaces to sell in. And so we've lost in Missouri, 88% of the hog farmers in Missouri have been lost in really a generation. And um, I have to sort of smile at the um, quotes you just read because the pork industry is now controlled by four corporations the top two corporations control 50% of the hog market, and that is two foreign corporations, JBS and Smithfield from China, JBS from Brazil. And, so and I think... 
sorry, sorry, if, sorry. If I can cut in here. Doug, sure. it sounds like from what Rhonda's saying, it's almost impossible to be one of the little guys and independent in the light of how much this pork economy has changed. But that, that's correct. And, and I, too, would like to, um, to make a quick comment on the Missouri pork producer uh, talking points. And I want, I want to point to a, a former national pork produ- producer council economic advisor who is now a consultant for the pork producers in, in Iowa. And he recently made a comment in the, in the uh, Storm Lake, I believe it's the Storm Lake Times newspaper. And that, that quote was, we have to be better neighbors. There will be long-term consequences if we keep building hog barns across the street from people or they stink to high heaven. So here is somebody associated with the national pork producers and starting to make those kind of comments. And so, uh, you know, let's make it clear. They are acknowledging some of, their, some of the issues that they have out there. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the phone lines. We have Lawrence calling from Belle Noir. Uh, Lawrence, hi. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi. Uh, yeah, I read an article in the uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch years ago about uh, a CAFO that was going to go into northwestern Missouri, and they said that a hog produces as much waste in each day as seven human beings. Lawrence, I've, I've actually heard it's it's ten times the amount is, is something well, I recently read. But either way, yeah, that's that's staggering. Yeah, e- either way. But what I'm coming to is, can you imagine somebody having a, a city of seventy or even a hundred thousand people without a sewage treatment plant? But that's what these people want. They want to just dump all that waste into a pit. Lawrence, you make a, a great point there. Thank you. Uh, appreciate hearing that perspective. And Rhonda, you can see how these organizations, no matter how well run these operations are, that's just a lot of waste to deal with. It has to go somewhere. It it's That's totally true. And in the CAFO that was attempting to come into my county, they were going to be creating 8.6 million gallons of waste a year. And Um, a quarter of a million pounds of dead hogs every year. So just the sheer volume of of what is being produced um, has been demonstrated to be a total threat to our water and and our air, frankly. And in Missouri, um, the only operations that have any air quality standards are those that have more than 17,500 head of hogs. so everybody else has no air quality standards and the setbacks to our waterways are minimal and the setbacks to people's property, um, other farmers' property and the waterways that flow there are also minimal in the state standards, which is why so many rural counties passed local ordinances in order to protect themselves. Um, so I think it's clear that this amount of waste being created has not been dealt with. And um, the St. Louis Post actually just had an article um, just a short time ago about two major spills that happened last year that were completely unknown to the public in Macon and Shelby counties in which um, thousands of gallons of waste um, left the operation and went into um, local tributaries and waters of the state. So I think we have a lot of experience here in Missouri with the environmental damage caused by these operations.
Let's go back to the phone line. Sydney is calling from Florissant. Uh, Sydney, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Uh, I grew up on a farm in central Missouri uh, in the 60s and 70s when there were everybody had a raised a few hogs, like 100 or 200 head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could see back then that they stunk just about as much as these big operations, but they were they were everywhere. And it seems like the big operation could be regulated uh, more easily by the state than what the small farmers could be. Cindy, thank you for that comment. So the idea maybe if they're more concentrated, this would allow the state to be able to do what it needs to keep the air clean. Doug, do you think there's there's any merit to that idea? Well, the... The industrial-sized CAFOs just overwhelm the environment. And uh, with uh, what he was referring to back in the 60s and 70s with a lot of, uh, of farmers raising uh, raising hogs, they, they were outside, and the manure was distributed uh, on, a, on a broader basis. And um, so, I mean, I would, uh, I, I guess, I'd uh, uh, agree and agree to disagree on the on the amount of smell, the 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 smell coming out, the odor and the emissions uh, coming out of an industrial size CAFO is overwhelmingly more than a than a small hog farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Sydney, we appreciate you sharing your perspective there as, as somebody who grew up on one of these. We have time for just one more phone call. Let's go to Sally, who's calling from Eureka. Uh, Sally, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. I'd like to just get uh, the two people that you have on the show, their opinion about Senate Bill 391 that was passed in 2019 that actually um, made state environmental regs the regulations that uh, would be looked to rather than any local regulations that would be passed by counties or townships? Um, Sally, thank you for that question. Rhonda, I'd love to hear if this is one you're familiar with, the Senate Bill 391. It it sounds like it basically gutted uh, local jurisdictions' ability to go beyond what the state does. Um, that was the attempt. Um, certainly, uh, the legislature has tried to pass under pressure from these corporate operations, um, both foreign and and multinational. Um, the legislature has tried to get rid of local control for many years, starting in 2003, and we have been able to fight it back every year. However, um, two years ago, the legislature did pass um, such a bill. However, it is currently in court. We have a lawsuit that continues to be pending, and I believe 19 of the health ordinances are still currently in place and operating with ordinances pending um, the lawsuit, um, including Livingston counties. Um, so I think it's important for uh, counties to continue to maintain those um, until the litigation is is complete, and we feel like there is a good chance that that we could win that. Um, litigation. We certainly hope so because, um, as was stated, that was a bill that was long in the making and our legislature has a history of falling prey to the corporate lobbyists, the power and the money that they bring to the extent that even recently in 2013 and then again in 2015, the legislature took measures to first allow foreign corporations to own Missouri farmland and that enabled Smithfield to get purchased by China 
and owned 40,000 acres of Missouri farmland. Um, and then they went back in 2015 and passed a law that created a loophole so that that land isn't even tracked anymore. So the legislature has been enabling all of this, what we're talking about today. And frankly, it sounds like this explains why we're in the situation we're in. Absolutely. Well, Rhonda Perry, Executive Director of the Missouri Rural Crisis Center, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Sarah. And Doug Doty um, of Livingston County, a cattle and grain farmer there, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your expertise. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate it. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.